have another episode of Video Vampires, episode four. It's been a long trip to get here. Yeah. And I'm just really glad that we can share this moment together, Jess. Yeah, we, we've made four of these and we haven't killed each other yet. <laughs> yep, I mean, four episodes. That's a, a big number. Um, so, I know we both want to talk about this movie. Uh, you saw Aliens and so did I. Or yeah. Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant. Go for it, Jess. What do you think? No man. Okay, like there are parts that I really loved about this movie, and then there's also parts that I really hated. And I know people. I've mentioned this to a few people, and some people feel the same, and some are like, "You're reading way too much into it." But it's the future. Okay, these are scientists. They're yeah. like respected in their field. Okay, and they act just so ridiculous. Like it. Maybe it's. I don't understand. Like their thought process. Like. Okay, so if you know what's happening in the movie, they're obviously going to find... Well, they're not going to find. They're on a trip to a new planet. You know, they're going to colonize. Um, <clears throat> they have their their map set out of where they're going to build, you know, where they're going to plant. Like, they have, they have thought about this. And then, all of a sudden, you get some rogue, like, radio wave or whatever in space, and you're like, you know what? Fuck that. Let's go there. This is a good idea, right? No, we're going to go there instead. Like, there's obviously a reason why they chose that path, but I feel like there was just not enough <laughs> deliberation of this, you know? Like, no I, one was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't fucking do that. Like, maybe that's a bad idea. I, You know what's funny is uh, I absolutely 100% agree with you. Um, the parts that I liked, and I'm, I'm going to try to be as spoiler-free as possible, but parts I liked... <laughs> Um, were only the parts of Michael Fassbender interacting with Michael Fassbender. Not when, oh he's, in, my God, when yes. he's interacting with anybody else on board, but when he's interacting with himself, I really dug that. Um, he was that movie. Oh, For yeah. me, he was like the sole reason, Absolutely. one of the sole reasons why I enjoyed that movie. But my biggest problem with the movie, and I just couldn't let go of it, was how fucking dumb these people were. So like, stupid. Like, um, again, so they land on this planet, they've never been here before, and you know, they split up, but they split up in a reasonable fashion where it's like, okay, I'm going to stick around, and one of the ladies is like a scientist, she's going to stick around and get uh, samples, and the captain leaves her with a guy with a big fucking gun. So far, so good. I'm all on board with this. I mean, yeah, she's a scientist. She's going to get, like, samples for this plant they might live on. Guy with the gun goes, I'm going to go take a leak, and he goes <laughs> off to smoke a cigarette or get high. I don't care which one, but... <laughs> Why would you do that? You've never been here before. Can't you just hold on until you get back on the the ship? Yeah. And then, and this one just like, this is where my mind just got blown was, you know, again, trying to, to keep as many details, you know, for people who haven't seen it, like, out, you know, whatever. But uh, they've just been attacked by some thing. And um, it's not an alien yet. So they get attacked by this thing. And uh, weird Michael Fassbender with long hair shows up. And saves them, and then takes them into this creepy, desolate, wet, like, rainy, ugly, abandoned city. It's very creepy. Like, it, it visually it looks stunning. And one of the characters says, I'll be right back, I'm gonna go freshen up. And it's like, can you not just hold on? Like, does you, do you really need to do this right now? Right and it's like, now? Yeah. And, 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 like, again, like, this is the type of behavior that these people have are, like, something out of a Friday 13th movie, which I like when I'm watching a Friday 13th movie. But, like, my problem, and I realized, I finally it clicked, this is what my problem with Prometheus was, 
And my problem with, you know, Alien Covenant is that on one hand, you're trying to kind of tackle these, like, really heavy kind of themes and ideas. And, you know, um, in this one, as opposed to Prometheus, they're kind of trying to play off the the kind of obvious metaphor that, like, Michael Fassbender from Prometheus is, like, a fallen angel. Like, he's, like, the devil, you know? He's trying... They're really trying to go with these, like, heavy metaphors and heavy themes. Yeah, but But they, they hide it with these stupid... It's like watching... Yeah. It's like watching a Friday 13th movie that's trying to have an existential crisis. <laughs> and I just can't deal with it. It was so frustratingly bad. And then, you know... It's just, like I said, I felt like I was watching a slasher film, which normally I love when I'm watching a slasher film. Yeah. Not when I'm trying to watch something that's like, you know, you know, Ridley Scott, who's just, you know, he's, he's trying to keep up with everybody else as opposed to trying to like go even further, you know? And I, I just, I can't, I couldn't deal with it. Um, I really, I went from not liking the movie when I walked out. And, like, you know, on the way home, just being like, oh, that movie pissed me off. But there was some good stuff to it. Now I almost, like, downright hate it. Really? Okay, I kind of want to re-see it. Like, because I didn't hate it. I liked it, but there were, for me, there were flaws enough for me to be like, dude, I, I really didn't love it. Um, I I do love Michael Fassbender, though. I do think that his, that you're right, the whole movie is just him interacting with himself. But I do like that it was... You know, him, like, David and, and Walter, and they yeah. were, like, the way he was interacting, even that, even how uncomfortable it was, the flute scene was, no. like, so good. You know, I... I, I and, mean, like, I get the dialogue can be a little cheesy, but you have to remember there was those cyborgs. But Michael Fassbender is that creepy. guy that even, that heterosexual men are, yeah. like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I can tell you this, one thing I will spoil, um, the scene where Michael Fassbender kisses Michael Fassbender... Could have watched that for an hour and a half. I could have seen so full good. on Michael Fassbender on Michael Fassbender action. I'm saying this as a straight guy and been totally, totally happy with that movie. Instead, it was just dumb people doing dumb things and getting killed in stupid ways. Yeah. And or oh man, Billy Crudup, who's just like. Well, I usually like him, but like I didn't. I don't know. I just kind of hated him. But like he's just a character. Like he's going to. A, he's walking down to a creepy like I guess basement. Oh my god! And, infuriating. And and he's like nothing bad's he, happening down here. Right. And and the only reason why he does it is because the character who's leading him down there says, "Don't worry, I'm nothing bad's gonna happen." And it's like, oh, you're the dumbest person in the world. You you this whole this whole ship that like had the Covenant ship or whatever deserves every terrible thing that happens. Yeah. They're so stupid. Yeah, and I I. Wanted Danny McBride to be the comedic relief, and he wasn't. No, but I was actually really impressed with him because I was really. I was hoping he wasn't going to be the comic relief because he. I mean, like I liked him in This Is the End, but like other than that, I just find him really irritating, which is why I was really surprised. Did you ever watch um, Eastbound Down? No, No, dude, but that there's too much TV. Okay, listen, (laughs) but Eastbound Down is one of the funniest TV shows ever. Fair enough. Um... One thing I did see, though, one movie I did see that I actually really liked, and I was surprised by how much I really liked it, was Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. I loved Wonder Woman. I am... Okay. I have to... I want to go re-see it, too, because, like, when I left the movies, I was still really pumped on it. Yeah. You know? Me too. And it didn't give me enough time to really tear it down, but I really did love it. Um, here's the thing. Is, like, I'm still very pumped up about it, but... Um, I mean, I was tearing it down when we walked out. Like, the thing is that I, I my theory on Wonder Woman is that you had a, a, a really good screenwriter writing two-thirds mm-hmm. of that movie, and then 
somebody else just stepped in for the last 10 because the last 10 minutes of that movie were again and I won't spoil anything but I'm convinced that they had a really solid script all the way through and then somebody spilled something on the last 10 pages and they're like oh man we had this great scene where like the villain says this and and it gives us this really great speech and and you know and then oh I just I can't remember it was like very Shakespearean and then someone's just like uh, just have him say I'll destroy you like, the most cliche stock stuff that, like... But that's, like, also... I don't know how people are. They're so, like, ADD, you know what I mean? That they have to have things basically spelled out. I, which, like, it's just fine. It's, but it's, like, if you're going to spell something out, don't spell it out the same way that every cartoon villain <laughs> has ever... I mean, he, he like, <laughs> the villain was, like... I didn't think the villain wasn't really essential to the story in the sense yeah. that, like, it really wasn't about that... And, and, like, the World War One period stuff was just awesome. Like, and and Chris Pine was great, but, like, they yeah. didn't make him, like... They made it about her. And yeah. I liked that. And I really liked that. And the fight scenes, I get a little annoyed with that, like, Zack Snyder-esque, like, f- slow motion and then fast yeah, forward. Yeah, I, I wish they were shot differently, because that, that, too, bothered me a little bit. I would have liked to see more of, like... I don't even know what the word is, but more of a combat type of, like martial art you know yeah, like yeah. there are other movies that have done that well and I while it looked good it I really wanted to like see her kick the ass you yeah. know <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mind like the be- like I didn't mind it sometimes like the beginning when like when they're when when all the Amazons are fighting the soldiers yeah. in the very beginning you know hey don't worry it's not a spoiler like it's gonna you see it in the trailer it looks really good though and like yeah. I've seen Robin Wright like you know dive like, dude that was one of my favorite parts awesome. like Again, in the trailer, but they're riding in, and you're like, you know, just this, like, group of women warriors, and you're like, yes! Which is yes, funny, because, yes. like, the trailer, and we talked about this in, the, in uh, the last episode about trailers that were really bad, I thought the trailer from Wonder Woman was terrible. Like, I, I everything that, but the funny thing is that seeing the movie, everything that I didn't like in the trailer, I actually really liked in the movie. In the I was movie, like, yeah. it all, when, it, when you see it in context, you're like, oh, this works. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good, and I've never seen Gal Gadot in anything, because I haven't, I'm no, not, a, I'm not a fan either. of... Uh, the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise, but she was really good. She was great. Yeah. And she is gorgeous. Like, she yeah. is stunning. Yeah, on, and she trained um, all that and yeah. all that stuff, you know? So it's she, like... She can move. I did I did really like her. And, um, even the cheesy parts of the dialogue in the movie were yeah. really in, endearing to me. Sure. Um, I, I really did like it. I kind of do want to see it again also... Wonder Woman to tear it apart, but to enjoy it. Yeah, but Wonder Woman was what I wanted the first Captain America movie to be, and it wasn't. See, I had this. So a friend of mine didn't like it that much, Uh and I was kind of i the the reason for him and to not give anything away is he thought parts should have like were softer than they needed to be, and I was trying to talk about you know I was like well what about Captain America like that's not necessarily a really you know, violent, <laughs> like, right. I mean, it is, but it, I was like, he's such a good moral character, and, the, but you're applying that to a woman who's also a great moral yeah. character, and, and, uh... I actually thought Wonder Woman was pretty violent for... Well, yeah, I, I did too, but for some, it was, like, so weird, so... No, well, my problem with Captain America was, you know, um... And I don't want to get into this whole thing about, like, comic book movies because... Then, well, just, we should, we'll spend I know, way I know, more than but, an hour. But my problem with, with Captain America was that, like, um, you know, they, they really start building up this story of this guy who, like, he wants to join the war because he wants to do his part. 
And and there's that great scene when like they're at, at, you know boot camp and like they somebody throws the grenade and he dives on it and like yeah. without hesitating it's this really great moment and you're really like building this guy up as this like as what he should be in the Marvel universe which is this like icon like everybody in the Marvel universe looks up to this guy and then um, you know he becomes he takes the super soldier stuff and the serum and he becomes Captain America and he's doing those USO shows and and then they have like they show all these scenes of him like you know watching dead bodies come back from battle and stuff like that like in body bags and I was like this is awesome this is gonna be the moment where he goes you know what like I wanted to do my part now I'm like just a glorified entertainer I'm gonna go fight in the war yeah. but they don't do that they have him they only have him join the fray when Bucky gets kidnapped and I was like the second it became personal as opposed to like more than him yeah uh, as opposed to being something about more than him then it just it really ruined it for me whereas with Wonder Woman it's like she's you know this no this, she knew she had to do her it was it was about like it wasn't about anything personal as much as it was about like everybody else yeah you know, and, and doing the right thing and I, I thought that was really great and it makes me really sad that it took DC three movies to get to get to here. To, to get to here, you know, or four if you want to count Green Lantern, because we're not... Oh, I don't... We're not counting the Batman movies, but the Christopher Nolan ones. Yeah. But, so Wonder Woman was, was really great, and I'm, I'm, I had no desire to see Justice League until I saw Wonder Woman, and I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, see, I don't... Him as Aquaman, and... I think, okay, so I, uh, I thought for some reason he was Samoan for a while, but he's not, he's Hawaiian, and then this also solidified... Like, I just love his attitude, but someone was asking him questions. I don't know if they were offensive or the tone that they asked, but he was like, can you... And I think they asked, like, can you even swim? And he was like, I'm fucking Hawaiian, bro. And that was his answer, and I was like, that is spectacular. Right, I was like, of enough. course I can swim. Fair like, enough. Like, I should be Aquaman, and he's like, it should be me. Good. Uh, which is great. So I, I am, just because of his general attitude, like, actually, what movie was he in recently? Bad... The Bad Batch? The Bad... Oh, yeah. I didn't see it. I haven't seen it either. That's, is it out yet? Uh, I don't think but it... But I, I am really wanting to see it just because I've only really seen him as Cole Drogo. Really? Yeah. I don't really think I've seen him in much else, you know, so I'm excited to see But him. that's the reason why you want to see it? I want to see it because of her, of that director's first movie, which was... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. A Girl Walks, Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah, no, was... I want to see the movie, but I meant his acting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, he's appearing in a lot of other... Well, and The Crow. Because Girl Walks Home Alone at Night was, like, one of my favorite movies of the past, like, ten yeah. years. I love that but movie. I am interested to see Justice League, too, because... And Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller is a good actor. See, and what else has he been in? Okay, he's in that movie um, we need to talk about. Kevin. Oh, that's right. That's um, right. With um, Tilda Swinton and then... Um, and John C. Riley actually. And then also he's in this movie. It was like, shit, I can't remember what it was called. It was like After School. And it was like, that was the first thing I seen him in. And, you know, he was young in it too. And it's really good. Um, so I'm interested to see, except he was in that Amy Schumer movie. And right. it's a little sad. Like, I thought he was funny, but I know that he's like such a stronger actor. Sure. But, yeah, I'm interested to see him as a Flash, too. And so I am... At first, I really wasn't interested in it. But Wonder Woman is so good. And then also, I'm really interested to see the rest of the cast, you know, as their characters. Sure. Well, you know, it's funny because you mentioned we we need to talk about Kevin. And I thought that's a great segue into... um, Before we talk about the movie we're going to talk about... um, You know, so one of the things... I I had this conversation uh, a little while ago at a bar. 
with some friends, we were talking about genre films, like horror movies and science fiction movies, mostly horror movies, though, that seem to have a better... They seem to tackle heavier topics sometimes than a non-genre film, you know? Uh, the, one of the movies we were talking about was Bubba Hotep. And a friend of mine made a really good point saying that, like, it is a great movie about not just being old, but how we treat the elderly. And I was like, you're right, you know? Whereas, like, a lot of mainstream fare is, like, The Bucket List with yeah. Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman, I think, right? Was that the two movies? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I could have gotten that wrong, but it doesn't matter because the fact is, like, nobody... I mean, the movie was terrible, yeah. you know? I didn't see it. I, I saw, know what it's I about. I saw bits and pieces, and it's just, like... It's but I'm, that, like... But it's, like, I don't think horror movies try to be deep or try to, like, you know... I don't think they necessarily care about being, um, you know, uh, really... F- Accurate, yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of times, you know, a lot, of, a lot of horror movies will charge into a topic with like a bull in a china store, you know. Yes. But somehow, some way, um, I feel like they sometimes handle these these really taboo or heavier topics better than other movies would. You know, I remember going to see um, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me um, back in January. Um, it's a and I consider that a horror movie hands down, and I, it's one of my favorites. Um, but Cheryl Lee, who played Laura Palmer, was there, mm-hmm. and there was a Q, there was a few Q and A, you know, it was a Q and A afterwards, and people were like, or before the movie, and people were like asking some questions, and I was gonna ask kind of like a smart ass question until this one girl raised her hand, and you know, and she said that like, you know, she'd experienced a lot of, uh, I mean, this is a weird thing to, well, not a weird thing, but a really heavy thing to bring up in front of a bunch of strangers, but she experienced a lot of abuse in her family, mm-hmm. um, sexual abuse, and seeing that movie kind of, like, helped her, A, relate, and B, like, kind of, like, kind of work through it. Yeah. And it was, like, and after that, like, nobody, like, everybody clapped, and nobody, and, like, I was, like, I put my hand, I was, like, my question was going to be so stupid. that like <laughs> compared oh, to her yeah, emotional. Yeah, so, but, I mean, yeah. like, and, and you know, I mean, if, if you haven't seen Twin Peaks, you know, uh, Fire Walk With Me, and, you, and you've only seen the show, I mean, Fire Walk With Me pretty much deals with, like, you know, Laura Palmer's abuse Mm -hmm. you know and like right before she like right before her death and everything and it's it's a really heavy movie um it's fantastic it's you know it's david lynch is bizarre um and a lot of it's abstract but i mean there's a lot of like really dark moments in that movie like you know um grace sabrisky who plays you know laura palmer's mom like there's moments in that movie where you think that she kind of knows something's going on in her household but doesn't want to doesn't want to believe it, so she kind of shrugs it off, and it's mm-hmm. really like and there's a few moments like that that are really tough, and then there's also a few moments where like Leland Palmer, um, you know, he's kind of like it seems like he's again I don't want to give anything away because you really need to see <laughs> you need to see the show you need to see the movie, but like there there's definitely moments where it, that feel very real, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I feel like that it handles it better than some movies that just are so worried about maybe offending people. Or going that yeah. they that they kind of gloss over, or they kind of like finesse certain things, and and I, I like I, I find that horror movies, not all horror movies. I mean, some like you know, I spit on your grave isn't exactly going to, uh, you know, win any awards for being like a <laughs> uh, great you know movie for rape victims. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's I'm not talking. It's about not. That. Yeah. Okay. But I just mean that there's some movies out there that like, or the you know what movie I saw. Um, like, last October, I saw this movie, The Entity, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, an old roommate of mine really loved, you know, really loved the movie, but he is also, he, he you know, he's one of those guys who believes in a lot of, like, uh, 
You know, like if someone's like, this is based on a true story. Uh-huh. He, he wants to believe it's true. And the entity, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, is uh, supposedly it. based on a true story about this woman in the 70s who um, claims that she was um, being raped by a ghost. Oh, that's what that movie is yeah. about. Okay, but and that's still... I mean, I want to believe it's real. Well, Not, I don't want to believe yeah, she was raped. Right, right, but. exactly. But there's so there's this, there's a few scenes though in that movie where she's like talking about it. She's talking telling a psychiatrist about it, and he's completely doubting her. And Nicole Smith said she was raped by a ghost. Well, there you go. It but, could be real. But what I thought was really interesting about it is that like you know this guy's basically just saying like yeah I don't think it happened the way you think it happened and. And I remember thinking, like, okay, if you, t- if you take the ghost stuff away and you take... This is something that a lot of women deal with even now, you know, where, like, they say, hey, this happened. Mm-hmm. And then having somebody be like, well, did it really happen the way you think it happened? Or did it really... I don't know if... Yeah. It, you know what I mean? And, like, it was a really kind of, like... If, like I said, if you took the supernatural element out of it, it's a, st- it's a pretty, like... Sad and sad fucked up. and yeah. fucked up and very relevant to now, even yeah. now. And I was like... And that was one of my examples of, like, hey, this is where a genre film really, like, is kind of tackling that mm-hmm. better than most movies that, like I said, they kind of... Glo- they, they make it a little bit glossier. They make it a little bit more... Um, they uh, Hollywoodize it, I guess. Yeah. You know? Where, like, it even doesn't even seem that bad, you know? Mm-hmm. So to speak, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking yeah, about that specifically. Real, I'm just yeah. mean like like awful things that happen, you know. And and it kind of goes back to what we were saying in the first podcast about like you know, you got you know, movies like Lethal Weapon or mm-hmm. Die Hard, where he like you know, you know he'll kill somebody in like without yeah yeah and any then thought right or and it, it's just kind of like you shoot some guy and you move on to the next moment right and it's yeah. like whereas then you have horror movies where like. It, they treat death like, hey, this is a terrible thing. This is thing. a real thing. Yeah, yeah, this is a real thing, and it's really bad when it happens, and it's scary, and I I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? On? On on genre films kind of tackling heavier, controversial topics better than, than most Hollywood fare. Oh, well, it's always, like, <coughs> that type of film that puts you in your own head. One, I, I, there's like a double-edged sword, you know, you really like it. And I'm one of those people, you know, that are like, this is a real movie, it feels real. And then there's that other side where like, I'll get really stoned and watch it and then like be totally in my head and like think about it and like internalize it and compare right. it, you know? And you're like, sometimes I just want to like watch that buddy cop movie where they kill a bunch of people and I don't think about it. And then sometimes... I watch it, and I'm like, wow, this is deep. This has meaning, you know? Like, this is for me. Like, this is right. something I needed, which is, it is both, you know? And I, I am kind of glad that the desensitized part exists, too, right. so we could have that. Absolutely. I love, I, I mean, like, I feel like, especially off based off the first episode we did, too, I'm not shitting on you Die know, Hard. I love Die but Hard. you know what <laughs> I was thinking about, too, is the nice guys, which was Shane Black. Um, too, but I was thinking about that, like, a lot of, like, people die, and that is not, it's a sad movie, but it is so well-written as that type of movie that you're like, I don't really care that these people are dying or that his kid is subjected to this or, like, you know. Right, right. But I also enjoy that it's a little desensitizing the situation and the death and the hopelessness. Sure, (laughs) sure, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, and like I said, I'm not, I don't think it's any, it's many. But I do, Yeah. Not a lot of horror directors, I feel like, are going out of their way to try to, like, be or definitive or the, like, or, you know, handle this, like, sensitive material with, yeah. like, you know, 
any sort of grace. I just think it happened because they're trying not to, because they're just kind of diving into it, mm-hmm. and they're just they're showing it, or they're just like, I feel like in their execution, they're actually delivering a much heavier film than a lot of, like I said, like a lot of Hollywood fare, where it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's that. You know, it's like The Accused with Jodie Foster yeah. and Kelly McGillis, which is not a bad movie at all. No, I, I actually attempted to rewatch it because it was on HBO Go or something, and I, I wanted to... I was like, oh, yes, I really want to see this serious movie about this right. rape that happened. Sure. <laughs> and you're like, the world is fucked! <laughs> sure, but like, I just I feel like there's there's horror movies that actually handle that topic better. Better, yeah. you know? like and, and I think by not being... Like, kind of being unflinching about it... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you would consider this a horror movie, but I was hor- horrified by it. But remember Irreversible? Sort of. With uh, your boy Vincent Cassell and Monica Bellucci. It was Gaspar Noé. Gaspar Noé. It was uh, the movie that was told... No. Oh, my okay, God. Okay, I've never... I love Vincent Cassell and uh, Gaspar Noé, but I've only ever seen Enter the Void and Love. I've never seen Irreversible. See Irreversible, and then you don't have to ever see it again. Really? I, saw I love both. I'm, they were married. Yeah, but. and and, and I, I I really I really liked Irreversible. Yeah. I didn't enjoy Irreversible. Okay, but, that's how I feel about like some other yeah like probably any of his movies. Yeah, like uh, I I really liked it, but I never want to watch it again. But there's a <laughs> there's a ten minute scene in that movie. I think ten minutes. It's pretty brutal, and um, the camera doesn't. It doesn't move. With it, Vincent Cattell and Monica Bellucci? Just with or? Monica Bellucci and somebody else. Oh, okay. And so I was like, that must be weird for a married couple to... Mm, no. But that's good, I guess, because... But that still must be horrible even to witness oh, and acting. Yeah, it, it, and, and it doesn't... It, like, here's the thing is that, like, anybody who says they're titillated by that scene... Yeah. They're a fucking asshole, <laughs> you know? But it's like, it's the camera doesn't move anywhere. Yeah. It's just kind of locked in the one place, and there's no, like music that's playing that's it's just this really brutal scene that like kind of makes you go this is something terrible that happens a lot you know mm-hmm. and um yeah i mean it, it's not it, what i walked away from irreversible wanting to take the longest shower ever and just like wash that movie off and it was really i mean it's really good but i just never i can't ever watch it again but yeah. that's an example where it's like you know again he's just it's unflinching it's it's very um very brutal, mm-hmm. but it gets a really, it gets a point across, you know, and I feel like that's something that doesn't always happen, you know, yeah. and sometimes it does, you know, and and it, you know, there's 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 plenty of like big mainstream films that like have actually tackled, you know, more sensitive topics and and have done a really good job of it. I just find that you know a lot of times horror movies, it, Get Out was a great example, you know, I mean like yeah. I feel like Get Out was a great example of uh, tackling racism better than the that movie Crash, not the Cronenberg Crash, but the other Crash. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, Especially in this social climate, too. I think it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So, you know, I feel like that kind of sets us up perfectly to talk about the next movie now, um, The Witch Who uh, Came From the Sea. Now, uh, before we go any further, like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say, like, if you haven't seen this movie, you should either pause this right now and watch it on Shudder, because it's fantastic, or, mm-hmm. if you're feeling even more daring and bold, 
you should drop 80 bucks blindly and buy the <laughs> Aero Video American Horror Project box set, which it's part of. Did you buy it? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> we watched it. We watched it. I on... know. I thought we watched it off Shutter. But... No, no. We watched the Aero Video one they did, which is a great, um, I, I think they're going to be doing more, but it's a great DVD release of, um, you know, three lesser known films. I think Premonition's one of them. I can't remember the third one because it's over on my shelf right now. I haven't watched it yet, but they're, they're not as, uh, highly known or well-known as a lot of other things that Arrow puts out. You know, even for the more obscure stuff that Arrow does, like The Mutilator or, like, uh, you know, brain they just did Brain Damage, which is one of my all-time favorite movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but the American Horror Project is a, it's a really good blind buy. If, you're, if you've got the money to burn, that's that's a good one to, to, to burn it on. And it's just the presentation is... I mean, it, it's... They, they did the best they could do. Yeah. With, uh, as far as the transfer and everything, but, uh, I, I do like the grain and the pops and everything like that, but, um, Witch Who Came From The Sea. Yes. It was, uh, the director was this guy, Matt Simber, um, who, I, I never saw, I haven't seen any of his stuff aside from Witch Who Came From The Sea, but he went on to work with, after that he worked with, uh, Pia Zadora in the movie Butterfly. Pia Zadora, I don't know if you ever saw, did you ever see Hairspray? Yeah. She's the, like when they when they're on the run from uh, her parents and they like they they go into this like weird beatniks uh-huh. apartment and Rico Kasich from the Cars is this painter and the woman is Pia Zadora and okay. the big deal with her was that when you know when she was doing Butterfly her she was kind of like a trophy wife you know yeah and her husband basically flew out all these like people to see all these you know um, Academy people to see you know her perform in Vegas and everything like that and a lot of people feel like he bought her he somehow he in a way he bought her the golden globe award for her uh-huh. work on butterfly because apparently i haven't seen it it's i think shout factory is doing a release of it but um she's not that good yeah but every time i've seen her in interviews or i saw her in hairspray i'm just like she's awesome i like her so uh-huh. um the other thing that matt um simber did that which i did see was uh he started um Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, which I used to watch oh, yeah. when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Okay, I totally forgot you told me about that. Yeah. So, um, now the screenwriter for which you came from the sea was Robert Tom, and um, aside from being married for yeah. a short while to Millie Perkins, who is the lead in that, um, he also wrote a movie that I really loved, which was Death Race 2000, the original. Oh, he wrote that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I think I first found that movie it was like on late on cable like two in the morning and I was, I was like is that Stallone and then I was like what movie is this and that's how I first I was like right. a teenager and I was like this is awesome directed by Paul Bartel who, wow, who ended up directing that. Eating Raul which we were talking about oh yeah beforehand yeah so um he directed he wrote that and he yeah. also wrote an adaptation of Jack Kerouac's book The Subterraneans but other than that and then he died in like the 70s but he was married to Millie Perkins I don't think they were married by the time the movie was done. Uh-huh. But, oh, um... Wow. Uh, and, it, you know, me, I mean, in interviews I've seen with her, she, she says nothing but nice things to say, but, I mean, I wonder if their marriage kind of yeah. crumbled. Uh, During but, the movie. Yeah, right. And then um, uh, another notable name on this is Dean Cundy, who, uh, he's listed as the associate director of photography, but from what I hear, he was the DP for the movie. Um... Dean Cundy, like, this is one of his first movies, but he would go on to be the cinematographer for, you know, a lot of Carpenter stuff, like mm-hmm. Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing. And then he went on to work with this, like, dude, Steven Spielberg, that, like... Yeah, this guy. This guy, Steven Spielberg, dude. who did this, like, low-budget indie film called Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, about, you know, 
uh, dinosaurs and stuff. But, <laughs> but he did, you know, so he, you know, this was one of his first movies, though, and, and you know, content aside from the movie, I mean, like, it, visually it's pretty... It's pretty stunning for what is, it kind of amounts to be a uh, what it kind of pre- appears to be a, a grindhouse exploitation yeah, film. I really like. I loved it. I the did more too. I think about it, the more I liked it. I remember um, years, it stays with you for a while. It does. I remember years ago, uh, I went. I was at CineFamily. It was around Halloween time, and they were running just like you know when you first get in there and you sit down there just running stuff on the projector with music you know playing in mm-hmm. the background. So. I saw the trailer for this without, you know, with the, with the sound off with like, other music playing, and it looks like this, the kind of like this fun, sleazy, um, yeah, kind of like psycho woman killing dudes, like almost kind of like maniac, but with like oh, a woman man. instead of a instead of Joe Spinell. But then, um, so then I, I you know I watched it. I actually watched it on Shutter, and. Um, which again, I can't stress that people should be getting Shutter because it's. I know I never pay attention to it, but I do now because oh you made me. <laughs> yeah, but um, I remember after after I saw this movie, I texted you the next day like, "You got to watch this movie yeah. because um, it blew my mind." Uh, but the it's a really heavy movie. It's not. It wasn't the sleazy, fun exploitation no, movie that I was going to be. It was actually like this really dark, sad. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, the thing is, too, is it wasn't overly gruesome. No. Uh, you know, a lot of them alluded to what sure. was happening or what was going to happen um, rather than showing it outright, which I also did really like, but you're still disturbed. Oh, yeah. And you're sad. You're Millie Perkins? What's the, That's the actress's name. Such a great name, by the way. Like, yeah. Um, she was really good at playing this vulnerable character that's also you know, a serial killer. Yeah. She's, um, yeah, I mean, like... Which was great, because you feel so sad for her and her life and how she became this. Well, <laughs> and, like... It, yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing is that, like, so, you know, spoiler alert, that's what, this is why I was telling you guys you should watch, you know, watch it before you listen to this part, but, uh, the whole premise is that Millie Perkins plays this woman, Molly, whose entire family, let's face it, is yeah. just fucked up. Like, uh, her sister is this neurotic mess, her nephews are just the creepiest, like, they, they're the, the weirdest little kids, but she's, like, this doting aunt who um, uh, was abused as a child by mm-hmm. her father, but it refuses to admit that her father was this yeah, awful... Yeah, she's in denial. Yeah, total denial, but we see it in these flashbacks, these pretty eerie and depressing flashbacks. Like, there's this... The scene that always... I remember when I was first watching this movie, like... I think we we see this after one of the first murders and everything like that, but it's the scene where she's having a flashback as a little girl and she's running into her house and she opens up the closet. Yeah. And her father, who's played by this gross dude, is just sitting there naked waiting for her, and it's like, oh my god, this is what this movie's gonna be. Um. So, yeah. so she's this you know abused a woman who's you know sexually abused as a child and kind of like dives into these weird fantasies that turn out to be very real. Um, where she's meeting and seducing uh, what she would describe as, like, perfect men, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, those two football players yeah. you know, that she's watching mm-hmm. on TV, and she yeah. works at a bar, so they, 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 I guess that's enough exposition for us to go, oh, that's how she met these guys, and she takes them back to the a hotel room. They have a weird, like, stoned, like, pre-sex, like, moment before she ties them up and cuts off their dicks with... <laughs> 
with that's and, my favorite part. And, and it's not, <laughs> what's worse. What's worse is that she's not. It's not even like a, a giant butcher knife. It's like one of those like little Razor. tiny razors that like I'm like I mean. Yeah, it, 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 it's very painful um, just to watch. Um, but, yeah, she, she's, uh, you know, she's just this delusional woman who is also, in it. they also kind of touch up on her being an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, that's the first thing that yeah. kind of... Well, the first thing we see is, like, her on the beach with her nephews, and she's looking at all these, like, muscle-bound dudes on Venice Beach, and it's like... Oh, yeah, the close-ups were, like, spectacular. Yeah, and it's like this... But it looks like this normal day on Venice Beach <laughs> in the summer. I think, like, we've all had it. We're, like, you know, we're hanging out with our nephews <laughs> and racing down the beach, and there's muscly dudes, like... Working out at Venice Beach, and then next thing you know, she's fantasizing them, like... Yeah, I mean, that's what I do. Now. Hanging, yeah, I'm sure you do, like, hanging from, like, their, like, exercise equipment, <laughs> or one guy just completely, like, he's do. I think he's doing those little, like, um, what do those the gymnasts do with the two rings, and they do the Yeah, little, And he yeah. just completely, like, eats shit and breaks his gymnastics. neck. Yeah, gymnastics. Yeah. There we go, that's the word I was looking for, is gymnastics. Something I'll never <laughs> do or be able to do, but, um... And then, you know, we follow her just, like, kind of, like... Losing her fucking mind more and yeah. more, and like actually killing people, and you know, then you've got this, the like the one person she seems to have like almost a normal relationship with is like her boss at yeah. the bar, who's also her lover. Yeah, yeah. but like I feel like he kind of knows that something's off about her, but again, that vulnerability, yeah. he kind of wants to help her instead sure. of turn her in, which right. is like, um, you're like. And I, I kind of like that, too, because thankfully, I feel like I have those friends, too, that are those, like, hey, I'm, like, I'm, like, fucked up. I, like, cut a bunch of dudes' dicks off. They'd be, like, okay, well, how can we help? Like, Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can tell you this I right mean, now. the I ending would, was really... <laughs> I would do that for you. I would, I would... You would do... Like, I would do if that you watch the ending, yeah, you I, well, would... No, 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 I meant, I meant, I, meant I would, I would... Uh, help me? Help you. Yeah, get um, me out of there. I would try to get you to stop cutting off people's dicks with <laughs> with a razor. Um, but uh, no, I mean, like, I, I think there's also part of him that doesn't want to admit that that she's that. Oh mom, yeah, you know, and because um, it also makes you reflect on what kind of person you are. Right. So the whole time that this is going on, we're just kind of watching her fall apart and like kind of have like weird relationships with people that like don't end well, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a movie star that uh, tr- basically tries to, like, date rape her, but she, like, breaks his hand and, like, scares the shit out of him. And, yeah, like, which was a great part, too. Awesome part. And then she starts dating this, like, actor that she's kind of fallen in love with via his, like, his commercials that, you know, he does, like, a commercial for, you know, shaving razor blades and everything like that, so you can kind of see where that's going to go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, while this is going on, she's, you know, there's two detectives that are... Uh, trying to, you know, piece together who this person is who's killing people around town and, and you know, lopping off their junk with uh, stuff. Um, and one of the cops is played by George Buck Flower, yeah, who so is... weird seeing him. Yeah, it's weird seeing him play somebody that's not homeless. Yeah. Or not... A, I mean, he plays a sailor in The Fog, but he pretty much... It, it, to me, it's the same character. The tam- yeah, the yeah. same type of character. And, uh, you know, he's in, well, he's in The Fog. He was in... Um, He's escaped from New York. He's got yeah, he's got, yeah. As a homeless guy in New York City, and then he's got he's a homeless guy in Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just plays that. Yeah, like, and then he's a homeless guy in They Live. Scrubby dude. Right. So, but in this one, he plays a detective. Here's the even more screwed up part: is that um, the little girl plays the young Molly in all the really gr- grotesque grotesque yeah, scenes of like of abuse, and like uh, that's his daughter. Oh, he was really? the casting director on that movie, and they needed what? 
Yeah. That's, we, I mean, also, didn't you tell me that, was it the director or the writer that it happened to? Oh, great. So, um, the writer, Robert Tom, the scene with, uh, you know, where she... So it was the writer. Because I was like, if he, imagine that happening to him, and then oh, he was yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to put my daughter in these scenes. I mean, that's a No, little... he's not Dario Argento. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Let's no, kill her off. Robert, Robert Tom, apparently the scene with the, you know, uh, you know, where she runs and she opens the closet door and finds mm-hmm. her naked father waiting to do terrible things, um, is, uh, is something that happened to him with his stepdad. Now, I don't know if it went to the extent that, that the movie does. Of, yeah. yeah, but I mean, it was... What I find really interesting about this movie is that it's not an exploitation film. It's not like... It, it's yeah. Not, it, it's, it's a horror movie, but for sure, but not in the traditional... Not the way it, the way it was marketed, the way it looks, the way it feels. The way, that's why I feel like I really did like it. Rather yeah. Than... It, was, it kind of sneaks up on you, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is actually a really heavy and pretty sad story about uh, this woman who just doesn't want to... Who is in denial of being abused as a child. Mm-hmm. Um... And, you know, I mean, because, like, she, throughout the whole movie, too, she's... And then too, became an alcoholic and blacks out, and then... And murders dudes. Murders dudes, yeah. By cutting off their jaw. <laughs> um, but, uh, she, um, you know, she's, she's in total denial about her father. You know, because her sister is constantly like, hey, look, you know, your dad, you know, dad was yeah, a terrible you know human being. A- and she was like, no, he was a great guy. And, <laughs> and even though, he, you know, we yeah. see him die in the movie in a really disturbing scene involving yeah. her as a child... Um, Ugh. yeah, she is convinced that he's lost at sea, you know, it's this... It, yeah, and she's telling her nephews what a great yeah, exactly. guy he was, and it's Which just, is just perpetuating how fucked up her nephews turned out. Yeah. And then... Yeah, the ending. The ending is just, like... Yeah, the you ending, guys have, We don't... I don't want to mention it, but the ending is, like, probably the most fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the ending is, is really... There's... It's not a happy ending. No. And nobody's gonna come out of this ending feeling... Like, the characters, none of the characters are going to walk away from this unscathed, you know? Like, the nephews, uh... The sister. The sister. Her her, friends. Her friends, yeah. Um, the weird waitress that, like, is helping her by giving her pills and, like... I think the only person who's going to walk away from this entire movie unscathed is the tattoo artist. Yeah. uh, Who's named Jack Dracula. That's sick. And, um, who's just... I guess he was a... He was an actor who did a lot of television... Really? A lot of comedy and stuff like that, but he just plays this creepy, creepy, weird dude. And just, I almost feel like, I had to look him up because, you know, to me, it just seemed like they just plucked somebody off the street and they were like, just, just be you. You know, like, yeah. that's how he was. Just, just be yourself. And, because uh, he's just so genuinely eerie as this weird tattoo guy mm-hmm. who's uh, giving her a mermaid tattoo, which will play later on into the, you know, movie yeah, as well. Yeah, into her abuse. Yeah, and, um... But yeah, it's a really, it was a fantastic movie, and uh, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about, like, what I was saying about, like, the heavier mm-hmm. topics, because, you know, this is an example of, like, a pretty heavy, heavy duty, like, very controversial topic that, like, I feel like it's handled really well, actually, you know, um, and it's disguised as a... Not as not I wouldn't say a slash movie, but definitely like kind of is like yeah. it, and it's not. But like I think when I first heard of it, I was like, oh, right, and right, and that's when I saw it too. I was like, oh, this is gonna be one of those great like those movies you just you you, you want to take like a again kind of the irreversible, but in a good way where you just want to kind of like like a, a good Toby Hooper movie where you just like you feel dirty afterwards, yeah, but not like grossed out, but just dirty. And um, mm-hmm. this movie actually made me feel really disturbed, and uh, and I. I 
I loved it, and I re- I recommend it to anybody to definitely check out Which You Came From the Sea. It's not a yeah. It's not a really well known movie. Um, I, in fact, Millie Perkins, who's before this movie, her biggest role. I mean, she'd done some television, she's done some film, but her biggest role was as Anne Frank in the Diary of Anne oh, Frank. Yeah. So, um, but she didn't. She wouldn't admit to her. She didn't tell her kids that she made this movie for a long time. Mm. She wouldn't want to talk about it. You know. Now I feel like she's a little bit more over okay. that. Like on the yeah. DVD, the Arrow Video DVD, like. They do a few interviews with her, and it's it's kind of refreshing to see that she's like you know kind of come around to it and been like, hey, this is actually a pretty good, good movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, it's just a movie that kind of comes out of nowhere and like it doesn't get enough recognition that I think it deserves, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, sure, it's pretty gruesome at certain points. Um, and it's also look, there's some parts that are a little dated that are funny, like the the the, the scene that we're talking about, the opening scene with the the dudes on the beach. Yeah. First, when I first saw the movie, I was laughing because I was like, this is awesome. Like, I yeah. hope this is like, hope there's more of this stuff. And, and then, then you're like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted her to be disturbed without any of the sexual abuse stuff. You know, then it was like, oh, now I don't feel like it's fun anymore. Yeah. You're like, this is not funny, but yeah. um, good. Great. Yeah. <laughs> this is just. But it turned out to be, I ended up really, it, really happy. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I would definitely recommend checking it out on Shudder. Definitely checking out the Arrow video uh, box set because it's really good and I can't wait to see what they do next. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, The Witch Who Came From The Sea. Yeah. So, uh, I do want to throw a quick shout out because, you know, we should have done this episodes ago but we didn't have it ready until episodes ago but I do want to throw a shout out to Chris Souza who did the music the opening music oh, for Oh, yeah. Our, it yeah. is so good. Yeah. Thank you, uh, He's been... He's... Uh, we went to... We went to high school together. You guys did? Yeah. Is we he, went, which high school? Uh, Reading High. Oh, in, he's in, from Reading? Yeah. In Boston. He lives out in L.A. And we actually moved out to L.A. right around the same time, like, over a decade ago. And uh, mm-hmm. and this is what he does. And so I just hit him up and said, hey, you know, I need... We need theme music. And he's like, let me see if I have something. It's perfect. It yeah. is. And this is something... It wasn't something he whipped up for us on the spot. It's something he had kind of, like stashed away somewhere and I said like hey we need this type of music and he said oh I got this thing I found here let me play you know let me yeah it. and I was like great and I was like yeah this is exactly what I was looking for so um mm-hmm. thanks again to Chris and uh, I think that's as far as shout outs go I mean I think I feel like I've shouted out to Chris uh Arrow Video again get yeah, that definitely. box set because it's it's pretty sweet and then check out their other stuff they did they did a uh, brain damage which um, was one of my favorite directors, Frank Henenlotter. Um, guy did Basset Case. And it, mm. again, on any given Frank day. Frankenhooker? Frankenhooker, yeah. yeah uh, another movie I love. But um, <clears throat> any given day, Basset Case is my favorite or Brain Damage. It just goes back and forth. They're such great movies. And uh, an Arrow Video is just knocking it out of the park. They're going to have, by I think shortly after this episode airs, they're going to have, a, they, they will have just done and released their reanimator. Oh, really? Yeah, which is uh, it's gonna be really good. Like they, they they put a lot of work there. I really feel like they're becoming the criterion of like genre films. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, again, which you came from the sea. I don't think it would have gotten a lot of the notice it did without Arrow Video yeah. kind of stepping in. And, and um, I mean, the the version you see on Shutter is the version the same transfer they have on Arrow Video, but mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely worth getting the box set for the special features. So. Um, that will be all, I think. Yeah, that concludes, yeah, that concludes our, our broadcast. Our our <laughs> our epic fourth, our yeah. landmark fourth Four, episode. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Turn on your television set.
Find out what's happening in the real world. See it in black and white. God made all of us perfect. How close do you want to be to the woman in your life? Well, you don't know if it's true or not unless it's on television. Why was Grandpa lost at sea? I don't know. Because he was perfect. Too good to live on land. She's a witch, come out of the sea. She's not a witch. She's beautiful. Every time you turn around, you see him. Shave me, you hot, 